What's going on, man? Welcome back to the basement. I'm Ron, and I've been seeing some scary, scary Twitter screenshots recently of people just reaching in their drafts for these bad players. Or not bad players, but players drafted on day three and beyond. And I'm going to break down today why you should be cautious when we go into that fourth, fifth, sixth round, seventh round of draft capital when we're picking these players in rookie drafts. Now, before I get into the video, make sure you go down below, subscribe, leave a like. It really helps out the channel. It really helps us grow. We've been growing super fast lately, and I've been, I really appreciate all the support you guys have been showing me in the Discord. We're at like 60 members in there. Just make sure you go down below, join the Discord. That's where we're going to have subscriber leagues, mock drafts, all that kind of stuff. We're always talking in the Discord and I'm, while well, I'm spitting game in there, we're all just bouncing off ideas of what we're doing in rookie drafts, startups, all that kind of stuff. So make sure you go and join. Before I ramble on any longer, let's get straight into the video, man. Let's go. Like I said, I've been seeing these day three players get drafted too high in these rookie drafts. And the the the, the fact of the matter is, is that simply put fourth rounders, fifth rounders, sixth rounders, seventh rounders, doesn't matter landing spot, doesn't matter about a, a talent, doesn't matter about any of that. They hit at a super low probability and those are just the facts. And I'll show you guys in a second some graphs and the probabilities and all that. But for every Stefan Diggs, you know, day three guy who comes out as a top five wide receiver, there's 50 busts. So I'm taking day one and day two picks for the most part over day three picks. Because a lot of the times when you're taking these day three guys, they're gambles, they're dart throws. And if you if you start pushing them up into that early second round, late first round, at that point, you're burning draft capital on fire. Your dynasty team's draft capital. And the whole reason that I made this video is because I've been seeing it with two guys in particular. And the first guy we're going to talk about is going to be Amon Ross St. Brown. With Amon Ross St. Brown, ADP is one thing, but I've been seeing people reach for him. Amon Ross seems like one of those guys that people that really like him, he's one of their guys and they got to go get him in every draft. And I've been seeing him get reached on like crazy. And these screenshots show that of what's happening in every single league. And shout out to the guys on Twitter. Shout out to the guys in the Discord for sending me their screenshots of their draft. I put out a tweet saying, uh, give me your screenshots of Amon Ross St. Brown getting overdrafted in drafts because... He's going insanely high in some drafts. People are buying into this landing spot of Detroit and they're overlooking Amon Ross St. Brown's talent in his draft capital, taking him in that early second round spot. And there's no world, there's not, there's not a single Doctor Strange range of outcomes scenario where you should ever be taking him in the early second ahead of day one and two picks like Rondell Moore, Rashad Bateman, Elijah Moore, Terrace Marshall, and even Kadarius Toney. None of those guys should be getting drafted behind Amon Ross St. Brown. If you're doing that, you're doing a disservice to your fantasy team. I promise. It's insane because I was super high on him pre-draft as well. Just to give some background, in April, I had him ahead of ADP. I had him as my 204 wide receiver eight. And I was assuming day two draft capital at that point. The 204 was where I would take him. And I, and I liked Amon Ross St. Brown. People are taking him ahead of the 204 without day two draft capital. They're taking him ahead of that and day three draft capital just thinking none of this matters when it does. And, and for anybody that's watching the video that's like an Amon Ross St. Brown truther, I completely understand. I completely understand why you like the player. I really liked him coming out. He was my wide receiver eight. Like I said, I get it. Age 18 breakout. He has alpha size. Trust me, I understand. I, I, I truly understand his talent and I truly understand his ceiling. I get it. He was a five-star recruit. One of the he has one of the the nastiest high school mixtapes coming out of Matter Day. I completely understand the entire picture, and even still, I'm not ready to push him up like you guys are. We have to remember we're playing the odds here, and we have to look at the draft capital and the percentage outcomes 
that comes with each round getting drafted by these wide receivers. Now that might sound a little bit confusing, but at PA Howdy, Peter Howard on Twitter has a dope resource for this on his Patreon. It's, it's free, but it's on his Patreon. And as you can see, there's a massive drop off between rounds three and four in hit rates. That day three draft capital is a real killer. People don't realize it. Just off draft capital alone, St. Brown has a 3% chance to hit a top 12 season and a 9.5% chance to hit a top 24 season. These are awful odds that you're spending your early second round rookie pick on. You are, if you're going to spend it on Amon Rice and Brown, you might as well just flip it. Because if you, this, this early second round, this early second rounder that you're using has a 9.5% chance to ever hit a top 24 season. At that point, you might as well just ship it for a freaking Robbie Anderson and get a top 24 season. It's, it's a really tough bet to make there. Especially the whole point of this is with context, with Kadarius Toney, Rondell Moore, Elijah Moore, Terrace Marshall, Bateman on the board. I even seen Trey Sermon on the board with a lot of these picks. And here are the facts, fellas. When we're comparing round one wide receivers to round four wide receivers, round one wide receivers have a 10 times better chance to hit a top 12 season and a five times better chance to hit a top 24 season when compared to round four wide receivers. Then we go to round two wide receivers. They have an eight times better chance to hit a top 12 season and a three times better chance to hit a top 24 season when comparing them to round four wide receivers. Then we go to round three wide receivers and you'd think that it would be a little bit closer, but it's not. The day two and day three categories really matter. Round three wide receivers still have a four times better chance to hit a top 12 season and a 1.5 times better chance to hit a top 24 season. So they have a better ceiling and a better floor just based off the numbers of draft capital. Now, if you even want to take a look at that Trey Sermon pick, I've seen Amon Ross St. Brown going ahead of Trey Sermon. I'm not even a big Trey Sermon guy, but on average, round three running backs have a seven times better chance to hit a top 12 season and a five times better chance to hit a top 24 season then round four wide receivers you're taking a you're making a massive massive bet drafting him that high over these players especially the ones with good profiles and better draft capital and i know that you guys are looking at these numbers but ron add contacts i'm on ross st brown he has no competition in his wide receiver room and i'm not starting to think that that's a crazy thing last year we had a guy in a similar spot that i would say in a pretty similar spot to what Amon ross st brown is in right now you have jalen rager come in and we were like okay first round draft capital this time he is objectively a better prospect than Amon ross st brown he had better draft capital he went to an empty depth chart and everyone everyone just assumed a massive target share the thing is is that just going going into an empty wide receiver room doesn't guarantee a massive target share targets are earned not given you have to be a very skillful player to demand those targets no matter what you don't just get to waltz into the locker room there's no wide receivers there there's gonna be guys like tyrell williams brashad perriman commanding more targets than Amon ross st brown i know that you guys were in rookie draft season and we're in uh, rookie fever hype mode but the reality of the situation is is that Amon ross st brown isn't a lock he's not even a favorite to lead his team in targets and these wide receivers, like a Jalen Rager last year, he goes up against number one corners every single week, and he's going to struggle. That's how it's going to be with Amon Ross St. Brown. And on the flip side, we saw guys like CeeDee Lamb and Justin Jefferson, the two best rookie wide receivers last year, go to stacked wide, receivers room, wide receiver rooms. They had to deal with Amari Cooper and Adam Thielen and Michael Gallup, and they both performed amazingly. Same thing with Chase Claypool. Chase Claypool went into a receiver room with Juju Smith-Schuster and Deontay Johnson, and he played amazing. I'm starting to think that the better the receiving room, it, it comes to a point. You don't want a super crowded receiver room, but you want to have some dogs out there to take the pressure off these young rookies. You don't, I, I don't think that it's ever a good idea for a rookie to just walk in and be the guy from day one, unless you were talking about a Jamar Chase level prospect. Anything past that, it's too much pressure in year one. And again, making that, that comparison to Jalen Raker, I think that we're going to see Amon Ross St. Brown. He's going to go to a bottom tier offense and he's going to get snaps in an empty wide receiver room, but it, it, that's not, that doesn't mean he's going to go get targets. So if you're drafting Amon Ross St. Brown high because you think that he has, he doesn't have any sort of target share, you're also overlooking that Jared Goff isn't that great. The whole offense is going to be great, but you're falling into the landing spot draft that I've talked about a million times. I'm going to link the, I'll link the video somewhere up here, 
But again, landing spot does not matter nearly as much as draft capital. I don't care if a guy goes into an empty receiving room or an empty running back room. I want draft capital and I want talent first and foremost. Only two of the top 24 wide receivers in ADP were day three picks, Stephon Diggs and Tyreek Hill. These are outliers. We don't chase we don't chase outliers in our rookie drafts, especially over solid day one and day two prospects on the board. In no world should we be taking Amon Ross St. Brown over the likes of Bateman, Elijah Moore, Rondo Moore, Terrace Marshall, Trey Sermon. And personally, in my ranks, I'm even taking Kadarius Toney, Diami Brown, Nico Collins, and Amari Rogers over him too. Those are all good to great prospects with day two draft capital. Those are the bets that I'm trying to make. So personally, I have... I'm on Ross St. Brown at the 212. Again, I told you I really liked him pre-draft, but I had to move him down. I have him at 212, and per ADP is at 207. So it's safe to say I own Amon Ross St. Brown in zero of my leagues, and I, I don't really think I'm going to end up with him. The other guy I see in this kind of category with Amon Ross St. Brown is Michael Carter, and people are falling into the same exact trap. This is another day three guy getting drafted way too high. I'm seeing him go early second. Even had guys on Twitter reply to me with pictures of him going 111 and 112 in Superflex rookie drafts. And it's insane. He's going over Trey Sermon, Rondell Moore, Terrace Marshall, and the Moors, just like Amon Ross St. Brown. And I want to make this clear. I'm a Jets fan. I want Michael Carter to be good so bad. He was my RB6 pre-draft. I think that he's a good prospect. But the fact of the matter is that he's a day three pick and taking him over guys that were drafted on days one and two that are good prospects is silly. It's it's straight foolish, fellas, I promise. And the first one we're gonna talk about is Michael Carter over Trey Sermon, because I've been seeing that a lot. Some people just think, okay, Michael Carter's gonna come into a situation, he's not gonna have any type of competition, whereas Trey Sermon, he's gonna go in there, gonna be Raheem Moster, they're gonna have uh, Jeff Wilson, Jermichael Hasty. So I want the guy with proven, I want the guy with a good landing spot, which as I said before is bad process. But let's just, let's look at the hard facts here. When we're looking at this chart by P.A. Howdy again, historically third round running backs are 2.5 times more likely to hit a top 24 season and two times as likely to hit a top 12 season than fourth round RB. So third round running backs are hitting at two to 2.5 times as much as fourth round running backs. So you have to make a massive bet. You have to make a bet that Michael Carter, his situation, he is a two to 2.5 X better prospect than Trey Sermon. And I can't say that. And if you just look at the chart, if you just look down, you can actually see the round four running backs. They're actually much closer to in hit rate to round five RBs and later RBs than they are to round three. The, it, it, like if you just look at the, the graph and how things play out, it really is grouped into day one, day two and day three. That's really what we're worrying about here with draft capital. And I want to make it clear, it, these day three picks, it, I know that we just think a oh, round four draft capital is not that bad. It is. It's really rare for these guys to pan out, especially in a big way. There are no day three running backs in the top 12 in Dynasty ADP, and there's only two in the 12 to 24 range, and they're Aaron Jones and Austin Eckler, RB15 and like RB18. So you're not even seeing some crazy high upside where there's somebody, you can't even look at a Tyree Killer, Stephon Diggs when it comes to running back. Draft capital is king for running backs because it's the main driver of opportunity. And the same thing goes when we're comparing Michael Carter to these round two wide receivers like Marshall, Elijah Moore, Rondale Moore, which I'm seeing Michael Carter go ahead of those guys. I don't care how thirsty you are at running back, that's a tough bet to make. Round two wide receivers are 1.5 times as likely to hit a top 24 season and two times as likely to hit a top 12 season compared to round four running backs. So again, don't get me wrong. I love Carter, but it's not looking great for him when we compare him to round two wide receivers and, and round three running backs. And I will say round two wide receivers, maybe if they're bad prospects, but Terrace Marshall and the Moors, we know that those three guys are dogs and have really good profiles. If you just want to look at last year's draft class, there was some guy I really like, Josh Kelly, who you could get in like round three. He goes to the Chargers. 
from UCLA. He's pretty good. Eckler gets hurt and Kelly becomes the guy for like four or five weeks there and it never pans out. Afterwards, Eckler comes back. He's vanished off the face of the earth. I haven't heard about Josh Kelly. His, his value is completely at zero. And the price that was paid for him on rookie draft day is the highest his price probably ever was besides those two or three week spikes. But even then you weren't getting crazy return. You can also look at LaMichael P. Ryan. He was drafted in the same round as Michael Carter on the same exact team. And last year, I know that Adam Gase was there. Trust me, I know that Adam Gase was there. I'm a fucking fan. It was it was ridiculous. But Michael P. Ryan gets drafted in the fourth round. He goes there. He's supposed to be Adam Gase's guy or whatever. He goes there. Doesn't do much. Le'Veon Bell leaves. Then Michael P. Ryan is supposed to be like the main back and he does nothing. And now there's a new coach there. And, his, and Michael P. Ryan's value is dust. You literally can't get a fourth for Michael P. Ryan. These fourth round running backs are just kicked to the curb super, super quick. You can say the same thing for a Benny Snell. They're all just kicked to the curb. Nothing really happens to them. The, the ceilings that you're looking at here in the last couple of years for fourth rounders is Tony Pollard and Naeem Hines. Those are the two, those are like the two bright spots outside of Aaron Jones and Austin Eckler. So it's a really, really tough bet to make. And if you're taking him at the early, early second, late first, paying that price for a fourth round, uh, an NFL draft fourth round running back is... Uh, probably the highest price that will ever be paid for Michael Carter in most outcomes. So again, I have Michael Carter in no leagues. I would love to have him. I actually, I hate where I have him on my ranks right now because I think I have him too high, but the opportunity, like I said, we don't like to weigh in opportunity, but at a certain point, opportunity does have to come in. So I have him at my 207. His ADP is 204. I've gotten him in no leagues because that ADP, yes, it's 204, but that's the average. Michael Carter can be going 201, 112, 111. I've seen him at the 202. I've seen him at all those picks. So 204 honestly feels like his floor, and I've seen him go way higher than that. I've gotten him nowhere because always on the board is going to be a Sermon, Marshall, Moore, Elijah Moore, Rondell Moore. They're all going to be on the board. Once those guys are off the board, then I give you the permission to go grab Michael Carter at the 207 or later. I think that that's a fine pick. But the people that are reaching on him, reaching on these day three draft picks because of opportunity and landing spot, it's a bad, bad bet to make, fellas. Made it this far, man. I really appreciate it. Make sure you go down below, subscribe and like, man. It really helps out the channel, really helps us grow. Also, make sure you go down below, join the Patreon. I get a lot of questions about rankings, who I would take at this point in the draft, who I would take there. And if you guys just want to see like my whole list of who I have ranked where, I have my rookie ranks, my super flex ranks, my 1QB ranks, my dynasty ranks, it's all in one spot. It's all on the Patreon. It gives you exclusive stuff on the Discord. And even if you just want like the free version of that, the light version of that, just join the Discord in the description down below. It's completely free. You get access to our general chat, our resources on there. It's a cool spot where we all do mock drafts and we talk fantasy and we just kind of bounce things off of each other. It's a really cool community we're growing right now. I've been feeling a lot of love for you guys. We're at like almost 840 subscribers at this point. Uh, we're hitting a thousand very soon, man. And I'm, I'm really excited for that. As always, you can find me at Ronstor underscore on Twitter. I'll probably come out with a thread on this very, very soon. I'll see you guys in the next one. Thirsty, thirsty, trying to choose. I mean, I know I'm critical. My nitty bag, my kitty boots. I got the juice, I got the juice. Channel, on. Foolies glad I'm on. Even my haters kinda glad I'm on. Rest in peace to my bag up on.